Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Sonny Ship. Sonny, how are you doing today? Good, man. How about you? I'm doing great. You know, uh, doing better than LSU. That, that's as much as I can say here. It's nice weather in Baton Rouge, at least. Hey, man, it's beautiful weather. Uh, you know, the we're one game closer to the end of the football season to where we can shift our focus solely to basketball. But the really good news is we are at we have our last soccer tournament this weekend so there you go papa ship's about to have a three-month layoff from having to go sit out at soccer practice and gymnastic practices four nights a week yeah that's that that is a relief even though it's gonna start getting colder here too you know so but and nothing nothing compares to having to you know watch uh some lsu football for a few more weeks here so um, this is going to be, we're going to talk about LSU, Alabama a bit, uh, give y'all what y'all need to know about that going into it. Uh, maybe for those of y'all looking at the spread potentially, maybe we'll give our thoughts on that. And then we're going to talk some, uh, basketball, LSU basketball tips off November 9th, UL Monroe at home. Uh, just got back yesterday, talked to, you know, Will Wade and Xavier Pinson and Darius Days and them. And, uh, they insist they can play defense now, Sonny. So we'll have to get into that later on. Yeah, that's going to be a uh, – that was probably – I think if you go back and if you look at the – look at the things that, uh, you know, that that Tiger fans and especially those on the site complained about last year with uh, with Will Wade's crew, that was it. It was the uh, – you know, it, it was the defensive end of the court and then, uh, you know, some of the uh, some of the shot preference, some of the shot taking that you saw, especially from Cam Thomas. But, uh, hey, you know, we'll get to basketball. But, man, aren't you glad you're not making that trip to Tuscaloosa this weekend? Yeah, I, I, I am not making a trip to Tuscaloosa. It's about a what, five hour drive from from here, roughly. Yeah, from the yeah from there about five five and a half because it's yeah. about four and it's about four and a half for me. Ah, see, uh, so you could make it. You could make the trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could also go get a, go get a uh, a uh, you know colonoscopy this weekend too, just to, for the hell of it. But I think I'm gonna pass. <laughs> um. Well, let's 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 take a look at this game. Let's let's give our thoughts. Um. Obviously, Alabama versus LSU in Alabama. Alabama co- comes in ranked second in the initial um playoff rankings. Uh, with much to some people's dismay, some people thought maybe a little a step or two below, but no matter how you look at it, Alabama controls its own destiny at this point, even with the loss to Texas A&M. Uh, they come off of just a drubbing against te- uh, Tennessee, where Tennessee actually led 14-7 to early on, watched that game. And then Alabama's defense kind of settled in. Alabama's offense just is as potent as – I don't think it's um, – obviously it's not as potent as last year's unit, but still Bryce Young, John Mechie, um, just a unit that – I mean, Evan Neal on the offensive line, a unit that is – Gonna give a depleted LSU uh, team plenty of problems, and we haven't even talked about the injuries because I don't think there's there's not much uh, worth in going through all the injuries. It's just basically everybody's injured. I mean, 
you know, Sage Ryan is out for this game. You know, Major Burns going to be out again. Cordell Flott is going to be out along with, as we know, Eli Ricks and Derek Stingley in the secondary. So depleted secondary. Um, Michael Baskerville is now questionable to maybe even doubtful. Uh, Ogeron talked about that on his Wednesday radio show. So that's another hit. We might be seeing some Mike Jones. Might be seeing some Greg Penn. Um, yeah, it's it's a depleted defense. But what do you see uh, from Alabama's offense? Well, and, and you know, and to kind of touch on that, what you were talking about with the injuries. When I went did when I went through and I did our weekly piece where we look at the projected starters for LSU and then the opponent and then to see where they were ranked in recruiting. You know, if LSU had their players, and, and I preface that by saying, you know, you've got Kayshawn Butte, Derek Stingley, John Emery, and Eli Rick. So that's four or five stars right there that you take out of the equation. You know, on the other then you've got Ali Gay. Major Burns, you know, Sage Ryan, Cordell Flott, you go down the Andre list. Anthony. Andre Anthony, uh, you know, and, and you're and you're really you're almost down a dozen starters from what you would have started, the, you know, from from actually, you know, you toss in Jared Small for the linebacker, you know, and you and you're really done uh, you know, almost 13 guys from the starting 22 that you would have liked to have had uh against UCLA if everybody was healthy. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's just a staggering amount. That's a staggering amount of guys to not have at your disposal when you go up to play, you know, oh, and by the way, you know, one of the best teams in the country in Alabama who is still pretty angry about what happened in 2019 when LSU went up there and won. Of course, Ed Orgeron shot off his mouth in the locker room that, you know, we know about the about the viral uh, sayings that he had going about recruiting and roll tide roll and all that. But the players just dancing around, celebrating as they should have. That was a hard earned that was a hard earned victory and they deserve to celebrate. But when you celebrate on someone's field two years later and you make that return trip, you can't expect anything. Uh, you can't expect them to welcome you with open arms. No, and and that's really what I guess what kind of uh, worries me more than anything else this weekend is you know last year we saw Alabama we uh, we saw Nick Saban kind of call off the dogs in the fourth quarter. Uh, that game could have gotten a lot uglier. And being that this is Ed Orgeron's last trip to Tuscaloosa as the LSU head coach. And what he, you know, and, and what he did on his last trip to Tuscaloosa and Brian Denny Stadium, you get the sense that that Nick Saban is not going to call off the dogs this weekend. You know, I get I get the feeling and I get the sense that Nick Saban is going to use this as a um, as a way to make a statement to send a statement to you know whoever the next head coach is going to be to send a statement in recruiting. And just really to send a statement to Ed Orgeron on your way out, and um, you know that's what that's what when that's and I guess that's a big reason when I look at that twenty eight and a half point spread, and uh, as as high as that is, it makes you wonder if it's a little bit low. Yeah, uh, last year was also a twenty eight and a half point spread, and Alabama covered that with ease, fifty five to seventeen, and. Because initially, you're right. When you look at 28 and a half points, that's a lot of points. Like in an SEC game, unless if it's Vanderbilt's in it, I mean, you're looking at that like, okay, that's a hell of a lot of points. But then I look back at last year. I remember watching last year's game. It's just 
And this year's LSU team is obviously even more depleted than it was last year. And so I don't see on either end how they find success. Um, Alabama's offense, just real quick, is just so impressive with its versatility. And Texas A&M's defense is obviously one of the better ones in the SEC. We know that. Um, and, and that's what it took to kind of slow them down to a degree. And even then, it took AM's offense to have an otherworldly performance um, at, at quarterback especially. So um, I, I don't, just don't see the talent level LSU has on that side of the ball that's healthy to compare to what AM did or even what Florida did. Um, I, I, part of me wants to say, you know, obviously this Alabama team is not as good as it was the past couple years, you know. But still, it's just a unit littered with NFL talent, first, second round picks. And if LSU had their talent, I think this could be a you know two touchdown game instead of a five touchdown game. Like it's just such a big difference, even though it and it's and it sucks to see. It really it really does. But that's kind of a microcosm of the season, right? You've just injuries after injuries and situations just haven't worked out for this LSU team. So now I'm looking at this 28 and a half point spread and. I know we're not doing predictions just yet, but I've been trying to be a little more optimistic uh, because, you know, I keep picking LSU to lose and not that I was ever going to pick them to win, but like picking them to cover, I was like, eh, maybe I, you know, I can throw them a bone, pick them to cover maybe like 24 points. I just, I, I can't see it. I can't see them covering. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the same place. Uh, you know, you try to, it almost uh, reminds me of our uh, podcast that we did for the Florida game. You know, going into that game, I can remember saying, you know, this is one of those times where, you know, you just have to have everything go right. And if you go back and if we look at that Florida game, everything did go right. Yep. You had, uh, what, four Florida, Florida. picks, four yep. Florida interceptions. Uh, LSU didn't turn the ball over. Uh, penalties were not a problem. You know, that that was not an issue. And everything that LSU really needed, they needed to find a running game. And, wow, did they ever find a running game? Ty Davis-Price has, has a career day, you know, off of running that same play over and over and over again that Florida could never adjust to. You get the sense going into this one that even if LSU has everything go right like it did against Florida, that LSU's defense – that LSU's offense, as depleted as it is, it's not going to be able to score 49 points. Not, not, not again. And this Alabama defense is not a world setter by any means. It's given up just under 21 points a game. But that run play that works so well against Florida, and it is has even you know that has even worked a little bit since then. That ain't going to work over and over and over against Alabama. Yeah, that's just not going to happen. Pete Golding and Nick Saban is they're going to make adjustments, but they've already made adjustments. They've already made adjustments to what they've saw on tape. So now it's a matter of how LSU adjusted from that. And I don't have a whole lot of confidence uh, that the LSU staff is going to come out of the bye week having made a uh, a ton of adjustments. You know, I do think that you know Ed Orgeron. Some people are you know some people were upset feeling that he threw his coordinators and his assistant coaches under the bus by saying that they've been too predictable on offense, they've been too predictable on defense, um, you know, outlining all of the things that they discovered from uh, self-scouting themselves during the bye week. You know, the only problem is that took about nine weeks too long <laughs> for LSU staff to figure out. 
because, you know, myself, yourself, Shay, Billy, the boy. I mean, there's so many who were saying, okay, what we saw against UCLA was way too predictable. No imagination whatsoever. And, um, you know, so it, so it's hard for me to go into this one thinking that, you know, the staff is going to come out, going to show a bunch of new wrinkles. I don't have that, that confidence at all, you know, and which, you know, that turns us to the question, I think of, you know, what do you, and, and I'm going to flip the script on you a little bit. Sorry, mm-hmm. Coach O, for, say, for uh, stealing flip your punchline the there. Flip the script. <laughs> but <laughs> going to toss this out there to you and say, okay, if LSU is somehow, you know, we've seen these monumental upsets take place in college football and other sports and stuff. If LSU is going to go to Tuscaloosa and even keep it respectable, what what has to happen? I was going to ask you actually how many turnovers it would take to, to, okay. to, uh, <laughs> well, to, keep it, to keep it like two scores. Like, I, Do they have to be like a plus four to keep I'm, it I'm two I'm in scores? that same boat from Florida, think, plus four, plus yeah, five. plus four to keep it yeah. within two scores. Um, yeah. I think they're going to have to do two things, and they're kind of coincide. They're going to have to be able to run the ball on first downs just for a couple yards, just for three, three, four yards. Nothing crazy. Just get to – Decently manageable situations here, and then the last thing, which again is co- uh, coincides with that third downs. Tennessee, I believe, went two of fifteen, and Alabama, I think, converted like sixty or sixty-five percent. The disparity of third downs just cannot be that wide. You have to get into third and manageable, and fourth and manageable as well, because you're gonna have to go fourth and fourth down a lot, and convert those half of the time to have a chance. You have to keep this chains moving. I, they're not going to hit explosive plays, I don't believe. Alabama's probably going to be content with them trying to take the underneath stuff and trying to just work some drives and then just put a stranglehold on them whenever they get Give past the third down. Short. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it just comes down to those third downs and trying to milk the clock. Because if you can sustain a couple drives there, you can take the air out the ball, a couple like just five, six-minute drives, even if it results in like 10 points. In, in the first half and you can just kind of do it that way. That's one way I think of keeping it to like 21 to 10 at halftime, you know, somewhat in the game at that point. See the only without regurgitating what I said against Florida, you know, and you know, which I don't think that would even work. I think the only way that I can see them, you know, even, even having a chance going into the fourth quarter of, of it being a two score, you know, a, a two score game is Alabama has to suffer a major hit, you know, and you don't wish injuries on anyone. I mean, you know, no matter how much you hate the other team, yeah. you, you know, you have to respect your opponent, you have to respect the players themselves. But I think it would take, you know, something like Bryce Young getting hurt and going down. You know, kind of like we saw against Ole Miss with Matt Corral. Exactly. When Matt Corral, you know, when when he went out briefly, all of a sudden you didn't get, you know, you you I caught myself saying, "Okay, if Luke Altmaier is going to be the quarterback from here on out, LSU's got a chance." Yeah, you know. And I get the sense and, and that's kind of where I am with this one right here. Bryce Young would have to go down early and not be able to return to where you force Alabama to have to do something they haven't had to do all year. You know, you mm-hmm. force them, you force your, you know, you force someone else 
to have to win a game for him because Bryce Brian Robinson Jr. is is a is a is a very good running back third uh you know I think he's third in the SEC in rushing right now super hard physical runner you know they can they they can lean on him they're going to be able to lean on him but I think if you if you you know if the only way I could see LSU being able to 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 do what we are are kind of uh you know, reading into our crystal ball a little bit is they have to do it against the backup quarterback. Yeah. You know, I, I just think that even if Bryce Young is off, even if Bryce Young has the worst game that he has had all year, then you still have that Bryce Young factor that Brian Robinson Jr. is now all of a sudden not putting everything on his shoulders. Yeah. You know, he might have to feel like he has to step it up, but he's not feeling like he would have to carry the team yeah. as opposed to you bring in the backup quarterback and the and you want everyone else to feel like they have to do it as a you know instead of him. All right, I'm looking at before we get to our predictions real real quick, um I'm looking at some of the uh the lines and stuff. The point total for Alabama this game is 46 and a half. Do you think that's too low, too high, or just right? Uh, I think it's too low. That uh, Vegas agrees with you. Low. You're on the money. The over, <laughs> the over is minus one thirty-five. Okay. So that's pretty substantial. Like, yeah, they they think it's going to be over. Yeah. So, all right, Are you ready to throw out some numbers. Oh man, yeah, yeah, and, and I actually, uh, I actually, I actually got Shay. Uh, I actually got Shay and Billy's predictions ahead of time and stuff too, so we can go ahead. Oh, I, I got to give Shay, I have to give Shay credit, man, because Shay actually stole my predictions, so I had to tone mine down a little. Ah, bit. you were you were getting on us last week. I know, man. You I know. Just- so now I've got to reevaluate my my. I was like, okay, we can't. We're gonna look like Twinkies. We can't. <laughs> you were getting on us last yeah, week. Yeah, I know. I know. That's I know. Funny. Oh, um, so, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say uh, Shay went fifty-two thirteen. And that's kind of uh, that's kind of where I was leaning. Um, that's where I was leaning. Uh, Billy went forty nine twenty, Bama, and you know it's just it it's. I really just can't see the offense going in there and being able to you know consistently, consistently move the chains like you alluded to, and stay out of third and long. And if they get in third and long too much, um, you know, I, I think Max Johnson. I think that the effects of the of the uh, the cumulative effects from the season really has him at a point right now to where uh, he gets down on himself pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and you can't do that against Alabama. You know, yeah. if you start second guessing yourself or you start getting to the point to where you're kind of walking on eggshells, you might as well just go ahead and hang it up right there, you know? And so, um, you know, that's what kind of, uh, that's what worries me. You know, that's what worries me is is him being able to go in there. We saw him last year against, against Florida. We saw him against Ole Miss of be able to kind of move the chains and move the team and move the offense and score some points. I just think that with so many weapons out, with the offensive line now down another starter, you know, with Anthony Bradford not being, you know, he's not going to be in the lineup. So you add him to the equation too of an already struggling offensive line. And I just think that Alabama's defense is going to feast on LSU's offense. So yeah. since I have to, since I can't pick 52 to 13 like Shea did, I'm not going to go 59 to 13. 
So I'm going to drop it down to 45 to 13. Ooh, 45. Still 13. has them covered. That's a 32 point. Yeah, they still cover. They yeah, still covers, but uh, um, it's just. <laughs> I'm going to go with a, a Cade York game. Yeah. And Cade York gets his field goals in um, somehow. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go 58 to 16. 58 to 16. Yeah, that's three field goals for, for LSU. 42 point margin. Get Cade York going. Yeah, 42. That's insane. I yeah, I agree. Everything you said, I agree. We don't need to we don't need to spend any more time on it. Um but yeah, that's on uh Saturday at six o'clock on ESPN with uh, uh I believe what Kirk Herbstreet is doing it with, with Fowler. Yeah, Kirk, Kirk and Fowler and uh yeah, yeah. There so you go. LSU gets the good game, but the good boy. Now, something good we get to talk about. How about some basketball, man? Only a few about. days away. I can't believe it. I, it's it's already here. It feels great. The weather's getting a little colder. You know, it's it's beautiful. You you're gonna spend that first Tuesday probably in the PMAC all day, huh? Right. I know you're gonna be there having breakfast with uh, Kim Mulkey and her crew. <laughs> Got they the, play at eleven. By the time you get done right that gamer, it'll be you know that'll put you at about three o'clock. Right. Go to walk-ons, grab you a burger or something, head right back to the PMAC. Exactly. That's going to be my whole day. I can't, I can't yeah. wait. Oh, um, I know you're going to be And both, both teams are going to are really exciting. I, the women also received votes in the, in the poll that, that just came out. I think it was day people. I don't remember which poll it was, but um, so both, both teams will be exciting, but looking at the men specifically, uh, we were able to talk to them yesterday. And like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, uh, it was kind of a running joke the whole time. Because Darius Days and everybody was like, yeah, we can play defense now. And, and everybody in the room was like, can you really play defense? And they were laughing. Like, Darius was like, yeah, we, we're, we're actually trying. And, you know, there's there's actual emphasis this year. That's kind of what he said. So there is, at the very least, a little bit of concerted effort going into that. Whether it works or not, I have no idea. But they are trying on defense. And so what do you think that means for, for this team? Well, I think it – you know, I, I think that would – I think that this is a type of team to where they can play good defense, you know, and they can at least uh, they can at least put forth, you know, a lot more effort than they did last year at times, because that was that was probably the biggest complaint was just questioning the the effort on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, when they wanted to play defense, they would play pretty good defense. It was just a, it was just getting them to do it with any sense of consistency whatsoever. But I think this team. You've got, uh, you know, you've got some size now. Last year, Darius Days was the size, you know, along with Trendon Watford. This year, you've got Efton Reed, you've got Tyree Eason, you've got Darius Days, you've got some, you've got some guys, you've got some rim protectors, you know, you've got some guys that are going to, uh, that are going to force opponents to, uh, you know, to to second guess themselves when they get close to the rim, and so. That right there, along with uh, along with Monty Wilkinson, Eric Gaines, some guys, some guys like that, Xavier Pinson, uh, you know, I just think that they're gonna, I think that they're gonna be a little more uh, better equipped to play defense this year, and they're not gonna be able to just rely on Cam Thomas going out and expecting him to score 25, 26 points a game like he did last year. This year, you know, they're gonna have to they're going to have to do some things to where they can't just run up and down the floor with every opponent. You know, last year was let's just outscore everybody. Well, I, I think this year, 
you have to have a different approach because I don't think this team can just go out and outscore everyone. Yeah, especially with Adam Miller out. With Adam Miller out. Yeah, that's a big missing make, piece. Just makes a big difference. I, I thought he could have led this team in scoring uh, this year. And so obviously with him out, it changes the dynamic of the offense a bit. I think, uh, like you said, it, I think it added this to the sense of urgency to this team that I kind of felt yesterday. You know, with, with Wade, it's kind of been like, all right, now we actually like have to play defense. And not that he didn't want to play defense in the past, but now it's like you don't have a choice. If you want to win games, you have to at least stop somebody. Last year, according to Kim Palm, they were the 124th ranked defense in the country, and that's just not going to get it done. That's mm-hmm. at all. You have to be – I think they got to be top 80, which still isn't like the greatest thing ever, but it's at least serviceable, right? They Last year, I think they were ninth in the conference in defense, according to Kim Palm. Got to be top six. Got to be top six, I think, because – they were first in offense in the SEC last year. You're not going to pro- you're probably not going to be first this year. So um, instead of it being first and ninth, which it was last year, it's going to have to be something like four and five, you know, or four and six, or somewhere around there. So um, I, I'm interested to see how that plays out uh, because, like you said, we haven't really seen that before on the defense side of the ball. But I think Tari Eason is a big piece. I think Xavier Pinson brings some maturity on the defense side of the ball and. Uh, Brandon Murray, freshman, uh, I think he, I mean, he's going to start at uh, one of the guard positions. I think he's going to play a big role defensively as well. They have some bigger bodies, you know, this year. Cam Thomas, while he was not small, he was, you know, he wasn't a great defender and he wasn't an overly big dude. Javante Smart, kind of similar type player. This year, I think while Pinson's not big, but he's quick, he's an active defender. Brandon Murray, Imwani Wilkinson, Darius Days, Tari Eason. Efton Reed at the five, I think it just makes a big, big difference for this team on on both ends, but especially a defense. We know about the uh, we know about the different lineup variations they can go with. They can go more athletic. They can go three guards. They could go to where you even put Darius Days out at the three and go uh, and go bigger with Tari Eason, yeah, and uh, Efton Reed. What is you know? It's we know that we're going to see both variations. Which lineup do you think, looking at it, just you know, looking into your crystal ball, which lineup do you think is going to give the uh, is going to present the most problems for other offenses? You're asking, not other offenses, but just other teams in general. Yeah, you're asking between the the non-starter lineups, like the small between the your okay, okay. See, I think I, I think I think Will Wade he could go Xavier Pinson, Brandon Murray, Wani Wilkinson. As your your three guards, Darius Days at the four, Efton Reed at the five. Yeah. I also think if you want to go with if if you want to if you wanted to, you could also go uh Xavier Pinson and Brandon Murray, Darius Days, Tari yeah. Eason, and Efton Reed. Yeah, I see what you you're know, saying. So so I think there's some different variations that you can throw out there. Um, you know, and I know a lot of people are excited you know, about the, you know, the three guard offense. But with Darius Days losing some weight, with with impo- improving his agility, you know, in improve, you know, continuing to work on his outside shot, I kind of, you know, that's the one that I'm kind of anxious to see. And I want to see Tari East and, and Efton Reed with Darius Days, where you can just put him on the outside to let him shoot. But then you can always bring him in to, you know, defensively that could limit you from a defensive standpoint because now yeah. you have Darius Days having to cover a three. You know, I, I think it just depends on what the other team presents. But I really like, I really like what that kind of lineup could yeah. present. No, I think they're going to try. I think they're going to use it at some point. Will 
Wade kind of said, uh, I asked him about front court versatility yesterday, and he said that as one of his first like sentences, he was like, we're going to, we're trying to find a way to play all three at the same time. Um, I think he's hesitant because those are really his only three bigs. So, you know, if you have them all in the court at the same time, and let's say one gets in foul trouble or something like right. that, you can't really rotate them the same. Um, but I do think they're going to play at the same time at some point in this non-conference season. Um, we'll have to see how that works offensively, but I, I agree. I think Darius Days can become more like a wing in a sense than he was last year, obviously playing like a five most of the time. Uh, I think that I think Eric Gaines is going to be interesting because we know he we know Wade likes to play two point guard lineups as well. He's not afraid of that doing that in the past. So do you will he play Gaines with Pinson at all? Um, you know, he didn't have much of a bench last year. So how is he going to handle having two or three guys on the bench he can trust? Alex Fudge is another interesting name. I think he's the eighth man right now on this roster. So he's kind of like that three slash four type guy they can throw in there that's athletic. Um, there, there's just a lot of question marks I have for as far as rotations go. But one thing is for sure, I think they are, I think they're, they have a really high floor in a sense because I think they're just talented enough and they're, um, disciplined enough to put together solid runs. And we heard that they played well against Baylor. I mean, obviously it was a scrimmage. It was, I don't I think Baylor was down a player or two, but still you go and play a good game against Baylor. And I'm more inclined to trust you to a degree. And they beat nickel state with their bench, which nickel state isn't, isn't a great team, but they're not a bad, awful team. So yeah. um, I, I'm really interested in that. I, I'm, I'm interested to see if they're going to have more ball movement, more motion. You know how you mentioned the shot selection last year. It's a, you don't have cam Thomas anymore, who is just a superstar scorer. So where are those points going to come from? I think it's going to have to be Efton reading the post a little bit more. So, who's going to lead them in scoring? That's a tough question. That is that is the one. Um, I want to say Darius Days. Yeah, that's who I, I would pick too. I think Darius Days. I think Efton Reed's going to be close though. I think they need Efton Reed to score the ball, like give it to him in the post and force double teams, force help. You know, kind of play through that to a degree. I think Pinson will be up there as well. Those are the three. I think all of them are obviously going to be around need to be over like 13, 14. How deep you think they go to start to, uh, by, uh, I don't know, let's say like around December when the non-conference schedule picks up a little bit, how deep you think, uh, you think they'd like to be able to go? I think eight, I think Fudge is the, is the fringe guy. Eight, eight's the, the Gaines is going to play obviously. And Easton's going to play obviously. So, you got seven dudes that you trust, trust. Yeah. And that's the, that's a, a big strength of this team. Whereas last year, you had four guys you could trust. You know, this year, I think they have seven guys they can actually trust. And I need to see the gains improvement, but everything I've heard is it's real. So I'll, I'll trust that for now, but Gaines still has to prove it to me. But Alex Fudge is that eighth guy that I think Wade wants to get in there, you know, eight to ten minutes a game spots uh, just steal some minutes and use his athleticism out there so that's that, that's what i'm interested in. what 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 aspect of this team are you most interested in seeing? man i think the uh you know like you alluded to earlier does it you know and not necessarily you know are they better defensively but just play with effort mm-hmm. you know play with effort that's all I, that's what i want to see i i don't want to see guys um, you know, just standing around and just watching people shoot like you just saw way too much of last year. You know, and, and when I'm when I say that, 
I think from an effort standpoint that it was really, really lacking mm-hmm. in some games. And, uh, you know, so, so I just want to see that, you know, I want to see, I want to see guys just go out and just give it everything that they have, you know, regardless of who they're playing. And I, I think if they can, you know, if, if the starting five can go out and the starting five can do that, then anyone who comes up off the bench is going to feel like they have to do that same thing. So now all of a sudden, you know, you can, you, you go, you go from having, you know, two, three, four guys to give an effort to where, you know, you've got, now you've got eight or nine. I mean, that's where, you know, to me, that's where the, you know, when you see the, the Kentuckys, the Dukes, you know, the school, the, the school, the schools who lose a lot of players and just reload and they don't really miss a step. You know, I, I think that that's a lot. Obviously, recruiting and having high-level talent is big and stuff. But I think when you get those guys to come in and to play with that kind of effort, uh, you know, from the start, I think that, you know, that that's what uh, makes a lot of those teams tick. Yeah. It'll be interesting because the non-conference slate is has some decent teams on it, but it's not obviously loaded with P5 or high major yeah, the early portion, the early portion. Uh, <laughs> I think my son, my son was looking at the schedule the other day, and he goes, "Man, LSU's schedule sucks to start the season." <laughs> I was like, "Son, first of all, don't say that word. <laughs> Second of all, yes, it really does. The first five games are horrible. ULM, Liberty, McNeese, I, Texas State. Having seen and knowing Texas State, Texas State is." going to be a really good team in its conference and like might make the tournament as like a 15 seed or something like that. But you know, that's not obviously uh, a high major team, but Texas state's the one out of that group. I'm like, okay, that's a decent team. Yeah. Belmont's a solid team. Usually. Um, then you get in that Emerald classic with Penn state and then Oregon state or wake forest, Oregon state obviously had a good run last year. Wake forest is a solid team. Um, then you have Ohio made the tournament last year. Georgia tech's all right. Uh, Louisiana Tech towards the end. But other than that, you got like Lipscomb, Northwestern State, McNeese, Liberty, ULM. And those are games. The December that schedule is definitely a lot better than November. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting. I do think that Louisiana Tech, for those who care about Louisiana Tech, uh, Louisiana Tech should be really pretty solid this year. I think like a top 70 team in the country. So that, that game could be fun. But yeah, other than that, not sure how much we're going to learn from uh, LSU versus Louisiana Monroe on November 9th. Yeah, no, that's just that's just one of those games that, you know, you don't want to you don't want to come out and, and get off on the wrong foot. And then you don't want to you know, you don't want to be in that position come February and March to where you're looking back and you're counting victories. And then, you you know, you go back and you look at that one that you lost at home, you know, early in the season that where just people just didn't come out ready to play. And, you know, that's 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 the last thing that you want to do, early, you know, when, when you open up against, you know, some cupcakes like that. Yeah. Or even win by like two or three. Like even if you barely win, it doesn't look good. Right. Yeah. 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 Especially yeah. with the NET rankings and stuff, you know, yep. and the differential and all that good stuff all man. these advanced stats nowadays but yeah um that's all i got for the basketball team you got anything else no man just uh you know excited Ooh, excited man. for him to uh excited for it to get here and stuff and yep. like i said it's going to be a uh it's going to be a fun season you know, it's yep. going to be a fun season and hopefully it's one that uh lasts a little bit longer than uh athlon picked uh athlon sports picked lsu to go one and done in the tourney mm. so 
hopefully, uh, you know, ho- ho- hopefully that bracketology X yeah. pick is not correct. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have to see. Um, obviously, a lot of new pieces there, so we'll have y'all covered. We've done a lot of basketball preview content on the site already to this point, whether it's Sonny, Shay, Billy, and myself. So check that out. Um, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to subscribe, leave a like, comment, share. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify, feel free to follow us, leave us a rating and review. Um, check out our board VIP if you're a VIP. If you're not a VIP, uh, check out our offers. I believe we're at 30% off for an annual subscription and $1 for the first month. And obviously, this is a very busy month. So if you want to use that $1, you can go ahead and check that out. But yeah, that's all we have for y'all today. Thank y'all for joining us. For Sunny Ship, I'm Matthew Bruni, and we'll talk to y'all later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.